you would just be so kind today to stand to your feet as we go to the Word of God. And we are going to go to a book whose title means to be like, to be like. A book that is largely a comparison between the common concrete images and life's most profound truths. It's a, uh, more of a, a book that compares things to each other, the book of Proverbs, the book of Proverbs, which was penned by King Solomon before his heart turned away from God. And I want you to travel to the 16th chapter and the 33rd verse, and we're going to be in a section of the Proverbs that, uh, that's really titled, The Sayings of the Wise. In this section, from section 10, from chapter 10 to Chapter 22, we see that Solomon has brought together a number of wise sayings, sayings that were around probably before uh, he was born. And he has put them together, and all of them are pointing us uh, to the fear of God and to true wisdom. And we're just going to look at one verse today, and that's Proverbs chapter 16, verse 33. And the beautiful thing about the book of Proverbs is that's, that's okay to do. Because most of the Proverbs are separate ideas, specifically in chapters 10 through 22. In the beginning of Proverbs, we see that the chapters are more interrelated. But we're going to read one verse that, that was a wise saying that Solomon uh, penned. And it says these words, The lot is cast into the lap, but its every decision is from the Lord. And I'm going to read that one more time. The lot is cast into the lap, but its every decision is from the Lord. Amen. Amen. Today I want to tag this text with a topic of subject. It's not chance, it's God. Amen. Amen. Touch your neighbor and say, neighbor, neighbor, it's not by chance that you're standing in the house of God this morning. You know, it's not luck that got you here. Amen. It's not fortune that got you here. I'll touch him and say, no, God brought you here this morning. Amen. It's not by happenstance that you put your shoes on this morning and, and you put your suit on this morning. It's not, not by happenstance that God gave you the strength to put your beautiful dress on. Touch somebody and say, no, this thing is God-ordained. Amen. Amen. You can put your rabbit's feet away. <laughs> And know that it's not by chance, it's by God. Amen. High five three people before you sit down and say it's by God. It's by God. It's by the grace of God that you're standing. It's by the grace of God that you're able to shout. It's by the grace of God that you have peace on your mind. It's by the grace of God that you've got truth in your heart. It's by the grace of God that you've got a song in your spirit. It's by the, by the grace of God. That you've got strength in your bones. Come on. It's by God's grace. It's not chance. Amen. It's God. Amen. You may be seated in the name of our sovereign Lord and Savior. Amen. As we look at this text, a text that has confused some, a text that is, is very important to our biblical understanding of God and who he is. Uh, we must first ask ourselves a question uh, in order to understand exactly what King Solomon was saying. Uh, and the question that we must first deal with, the question we must first ask is, what is a lot? 
what is a lot? The Bible says that the lot is cast into the lap. So the first thing we need to ask ourselves is, what is a lot? And for the smart aleck that wants to respond and say, it's a whole bunch, amen. <laughs> it's the wrong answer, amen. What is a lot? A lot is an object uh, that function very much like modern dice does today. Uh, a lot is an object that, that back then really had the same function as our modern dice today. It, it, is, it, 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 it was made of sheep's knuckles. Sheep's knuckles. And it came in all sorts of shapes and sizes. Uh, theologians and historians assert that lots were used for three primary reasons. The first reason that it was used was, was much like how dice are used today for gambling purposes. The second reason that lots were used or that, or that these sheep knuckles were rolled like dice was for children's games. Many people played games and, and, and they needed the lots just like we do today with board games. And the third reason that a lot was used or these dice, so to speak, were used was in order to discern the divine will of God in order to discern or to determine the divine will of God. So let's give this verse a contemporary flair by disposing the word lot for a second and transferring the word dice into the text in order that we may get a clear understanding. So it says the, the dice is cast into the lap, but it's every decision is from the Lord. Now, many people have used this text as a, what's called a proof text, a text that they take out of scripture, they take out of context, and they make it say or, or make it mean whatever they want it to mean. Uh, Y'all know what I'm talking about, amen. And, 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 and some people have perverted the text or, and they have said that this text is really supporting gambling. They say that, that Solomon, when he penned this, he, he was letting us know that it is okay to gamble. It is okay to put our hope in luck, chance, and fortune. Because God is the one who ultimately is deciding who hits seven or 11, or and 11, amen. And the fact of the matter is that this is not here in scripture to support gambling. This is not here to support gambling. So for all those who had high hopes and saying that today we're going to talk about why we should play the lotto, I want to tell you that this is not what that text means. Uh, I agree wholeheartedly with the early church fathers. Church fathers like Augustine that said gambling is, was invented by the devil. Mm, amen. Y'all can throw your stones at me later. Amen. I, 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 I agree with church historians like Martin Luther who, who concluded that money won by gambling is not won without self-seeking and sin. Nowhere in the Bible does God directly or indirectly support gambling. The fact that the first reason why we know that God doesn't support gambling is because God doesn't support things that destroys people's lives. Every year, people's lives are destroyed 
by gambling. In fact, we know that families are drastically affected by, by someone who has become addicted to gambling, addicted to the casino, addicted to the lottery. People put up their houses in order to gamble. So the Bible does not support gambling because we know that God does not support anything that's going to destroy people's lives. The second reason I know that this, is, this text is not supporting gambling is because gambling demeans God's divine will for work. Amen. A lot of people think that work is something that was a product that came about after the fall of Adam and Eve. And they say the reason why we have to work is because Adam and Eve sinned. But, but, but that's not true. Before Adam and Eve sinned, we see that Adam was put to work. God has naturally, uh, 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 naturally created a divine order that is called seed, time, and harvest. Which means that a man, he has to work or put in something and then he has to wait and then the payment comes. God naturally uh, ordained work. Work is not a bad thing. Work is a good thing. And, and, and people who gamble, they try to go against the grain and, and they try to, to skip some steps and, and, and they try to put down a dollar here in order to get more than they put in. But God has, he has ordained work as a means to, to stay busy and as a means to glorify God. The third reason why I know that this text is not supporting gambling is because gambling goes against the biblical model of stewardship. Uh, to be a steward means to take care of something. It means to keep something. God gives us money and he gives us resources in order that we would use them in the right way and for the right reason. A person who is a gambler is a person who takes the little bit that they have and they throw it into uh, 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 throw it to the swine. They give it away to, to, to people and to a world system that is not set up to glorify God. Now, God wants us to be a good steward. Somebody say good steward. A good steward of your money. God wants you to invest into his kingdom. Uh, uh, if we were to collect and if we were to take a tally of all the monies that are spent each year by Christians in the Louisville Lotto, and, and if we were to take a, 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 a collection or, or if we were to be able to find out how much money was spent at the casino by Christians, I'm pretty sure that it would probably shock us. That money that we spend at a casino, that money that we spend at the lottery, that money that we spend playing craps could be money that is going to feed somebody who does not have food. It could be money that goes to, to put clothes on somebody's back. Y'all don't hear me up in here. It could be money that goes into the tithe plate and, and helps us keep the light on and, and the heat bill running. If we were to take a collection and, and, and if we were to take a number and see how much money was spent on Christian gambling, I'm pretty sure that it would shock us. Some churches would still be open. Y'all don't hear me. Gambling is a, it really is a source of greed. It, it shows that we have a source of greed in our heart. We want to put in a little and get back a lot. And the money that we are taking is other people's money. 
I found out that people who gamble are people who don't fully trust what God can do with their money. Don't y'all know that God can do more with your dollar than McDonald's? Y'all don't hear me. Have you seen that McDonald's commercial where the guy is going around and he's trying to see what he can get for a dollar? Have you seen that commercial? Amen. And, and he takes a dollar and, 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 he, and he goes around and he said, how can I get the best use of this dollar? And, and in the commercial, it's funny because he, he goes up to a travel agent. And he says, how far would this dollar take me? And a travel agent gives him a little figurine of a Hawaiian woman next to a tree. And he says, here you go. And then he takes a dollar and, and he goes and gets into a taxi cab. He says, how far can I get with this dollar? And the taxi cab driver says, you can get out. <laughs> Amen. And then he goes to McDonald's. And he asks the, the, the person behind the register, he said, how, how much can I get with this dollar? She says, well, you can get a juicy double cheeseburger. And, and he smiles. And, and, but don't you know that God can do more with your dollar than McDonald's. Don't you understand that your dollar goes more in God than at the family dollar store? Uh, you must have never read about how God can make a little go a long way. I'm reminded by a woman in, in 2 Kings chapter 17, uh, 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 a woman who, who, who blessed the prophet. The Bible says that the prophet Elijah came up to this woman and, and he said, listen, I'm thirsty. And I just know that this woman was a sister. And she, she looked at him and she said, okay, I'll go get you something to drink. And, and on her way to go get him a cup of water, he says, and also make me a cake. Bring me back some food. And I can just imagine the sister looking at him, putting his, her hand on her hip and, and her head got to go and say, now look. All I got is a little food, and that's for me and my son. And if I give you food, we're going to die. And the Bible says that the prophet Elijah said, listen, go and do as you are told, and for the Lord is going to bless you. And the Bible says that after she made the cake and, and after she gave the water, that, that every time that she put her hand in the meal, that there was more food in there. And God made that thing stretch. God can do more with your dollar than you can do. And some of you know that I'm right in here. Some of you tired payers who trust the Lord, who came around and gave your last, but said, Lord, I know that you said, bring the tithes and offering into my storehouse. Some of you know that God can make a dollar stretch, that, that next week God opened up a door. God sent somebody to bless you. God allowed you to find some money in your pocket that you didn't know was there. God allowed that bill to be met some miraculous way. I know that God can do a lot with a dollar casting our money among the swine giving it to the the world system god can do a lot with with your dollar don't you remember the little lad who had two fish and five loaves and the bible says the disciples and, and jesus has been ministering all day and 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 there was over five thousand people around and, and 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 they and the disciples said jesus send these people away that they may get food and and jesus said no 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 we're gonna feed them i can just imagine peter the one who had a, a a sharp tongue looking at Jesus said, I, I don't know how, how we going to do anything. Maybe you going to feed them, but we not going to do nothing. We don't, we don't have no 
food. We don't have enough money. And Jesus looked at the little boy who had two fish and five loaves. And the Bible said that he fed 5,000. God can make a dollar stretch. Stop walking around talking about you broke. You're not broke. You in between blessings. Do you know that the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof? Give, and it shall come back to you. Good measure. Y'all don't hear me? Good measure. Y'all don't hear me? Good measure. Shaking together and running over shall men give it to your bosom. God can do a lot with a dollar. He can do a lot with the little bit that you have. Same prophet Elijah just before he visited that woman. The Bible says that it was a, a famine in the land and Elijah went up to King Ahab and he said, listen, God says until you get your house in order that there will be no rain in this country. And Elijah walked away and, and a, famine, a famine took over the land. And the Bible says that, that God guided Elijah to a brook and, and he, he had a raven come and feed Elijah in the morning and at night. Y'all don't hear me. He had a raven come to feed the prophet in the midst of the famine. Y'all don't hear me. He had a raven come and feed him. Now anybody that knows anything about a raven, they know that a raven is not a giver. A raven is a taker. Let me bring that home. Don't you know that God will have your enemies to bless you? Folk, folk who don't like you to bless you. When you take what God has given you, and when you give it back to him, he have folk that can't stand you saying, I don't know why I'm giving you this, but, but Merry Christmas. I don't know why I'm handing you this, but Happy Birthday. I don't know why. To somebody and say, you must don't know who your daddy is. Your daddy ain't the lottery. Huh? Proverbs chapter 16, verse 33, is not supporting gambling. It is not supporting gambling. And, and in order for us to understand this text, we, we have to know what lots were and, and how they were used in ancient time and, and how Israel used them. And, 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 and as we look through the Bible, we understand that lots were used by, by the Israelites, by the Jews, whenever they had a big decision to make. These Jews had enough confidence in God, enough faith in God, that they believed that whenever a decision was bigger than them, that they could take these sheep's knuckles and that they can roll them and that God would allow the lot to fall in the way that he wanted. Hmm. The Bible says that the high priest of Israel cast lots to select the scapegoats on the day of atonement. 
The Bible says that Israel cast lots to divide the, the land of Canaan after its conquest under Joshua. The Bible says that Israel cast lots when they were searching for their first king and the lot fell on the tribe of Benjamin and eventually on Saul. The Bible says that Israel cast lots when they had lost a battle in Ai and, and they couldn't figure out why they lost the battle. And the Bible says that they took these sheep's knuckles, they, they took these dice and they rolled the dice and the lot or the number fell on a man by name Achan, a man who has stolen from I and, and buried a treasure that was supposed to be God's. The, the Bible says Israel cast lots in order to see which priests and Levites were designated for sanctuary service. And you remember in Luke chapter 1 verse 9 how the lot was thrown and it fell on a man by the name of Zechariah? And when a lot fell on, on Zechariah, who was a priest, it was his job then to go into the holy place and to prepare the tabernacle of the Lord for worship. And, and you know how when they cast that lot, they thought that they were just doing a, a random deed. And, and they weren't 100% sure, but they did it in faith. And a lot fell just how God ordained it because God had a special mission for Zechariah. You know how God got him alone and, and behind the holies of holies and he told him listen Zachariah I, I've got a, a job for you and your wife you you're about to bear a son by the name of John the Baptist God is so much God that he can turn a dice any way that he wants and, in order to communicate to people that he is in control we even see non-believers casting lots See, in Jonah chapter 1-7, there was a prophet that God had ordained to, to go into to a place called Nineveh, a place that was wicked. And God said, Jonah, I want you to go and I want you to preach to these people and, and let them know that if they don't repent, I will destroy them. Bible says that Jonah, instead of going to Nineveh, instead of going to preach the word of God, he decided to go to a place called Tarshish. He decided to go to a resort area and he, he went down and got on a boat and then he went down into the hull of the ship. And the Bible says that, that God raised up a storm that was so violent to the people who were on the ship said, wait a minute, this is not no ordinary storm. We're fishermen. We, we've been in storms before, but this is not ordinary. This is extraordinary. This is a storm that only God can make. Bible says that they got those sheep's knuckles, that they got those dice, and they said, now listen, this will be your number, 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 and this will be his number down in the hall. And whoever number this falls on, we're going to believe that this is the person that God is angry with. And the Bible says that they were rolling that dice, and the dice fell on Jonah. Jonah was down there asleep. They went down there, they said, man, what you doing, sleep? Don't you know we're in the midst of a storm? They said, listen, man, we cast this lot and the lot fell on you. <laughs> what have you done against your God? Touch somebody and say, neighbor, don't you know God will find you? <laughs> Wherever you are, you can't hide from God. Amen. 
So David said, he said, even if I made my, my bed in Shoel or hell, God will be right there. I can't go anywhere without God. I dare you to touch somebody and say, stop running, stop running, stop. Pick a boo-boo. He sees you. He sees you. you. And even in the New Testament, we see the apostles. And they have a huge decision to make. Bible says that Judas was one of the 12 disciples and after Judas betrayed Jesus and after Jesus had ascended into heaven that they had a void in their their meeting they they had a seat that was open and they prayed to the Lord they said Lord we don't know who to fill this spot with because Jesus at the time had nearly 700 disciples they said we don't know which one of these people to 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 put our trust in we don't know which one of these people that we should invest in and they 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 narrowed it down to the the most uh, uh, holiest or 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 strongest of the disciples and the Bible says that they took that dice they took that lot and they rolled it and a man by the name of Matthias was selected and when they were rolling the dice when they were giving numbers they thought it was just something that was just simple. They thought that it was just something that they were, were probably doing. They were just assigning random numbers. But, but no, that's not what's going on. God was sovereignly allowing them to do what they were doing. And, and he sovereignly allowed that dice to turn over just enough to get the person that he wanted every single time. So this verse is not talking about gambling. This verse is not just talking about some, some random board game. This verse is talking and showing us that Israel, they had fa enough faith in God's providence, enough faith in God's kingship, enough faith in God's power that if they went before the Lord and asked the Lord to reveal his divine will, that he would be able to turn a dice exactly the way he wanted it. That's the question I want to ask you today. Is do you trust the power and the providence of God? Do you trust that God is the one who, who allows everything to work and to move and, and to go? Somebody sitting out there says, well, I know what I need to do, Pastor. I need to go and I need to give me some dice. Because there are some questions that I have before the Lord. There are some things that I need to understand. There, there are some decisions that I, I need to make. So maybe I need to just go and pray and cast a lot. And whatever happens, I'm happy. But the interesting thing about scripture interesting thing about the disciples is that we don't see them casting lots after the day of Pentecost. <laughs> uh, uh, Jesus, when he left, he told them, behold, I'm going to leave, but I'm going to send a comforter, a helper, and he shall guide you into all truth. We have something that is better than lots. We have something that is more accurate than a lot. We, we have something that we can be sure of, and that is the Holy Spirit, which is inside of us. So, so go, don't go and, and invest in, in dice. No, baby, invest in the Lord and know that he'll give you his spirit. 
and his spirit will tell you which way to go. Now, nah, boo, you don't need to go over there. I know he said he just want to talk, but that ain't really what he all about. He trying to get up under that skirt of yours. No, nah, man, you don't need to go over there. She ain't, she ain't trying, and she don't want to talk to you about that business. She want to talk to you about some other business. No, nah, man, you don't need to go to that school. That school is not where God wants you to go. He has a, a purpose for you, a, a plan for you. He, he wants you to go here. No, 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 that ain't the one. He may look good on the outside. He may smell good. He may even talk good, but baby, that's not who God has for you. Look at somebody say, if you just tap into the spirit. God will lead you right where he wants you. Uh, touch somebody and say, no, you, gotta, you got the hookup. You got to hook yourself up to the Lord. It's like a refrigerator. Can't complain about a refrigerator not working if you don't plug it up. Well, God just don't speak to me, and I just don't know what to do. They say that he speaks to us and that he walks with us, but, but I just don't know what to do. Are you hooked up? to the source <laughs> are you walking in the spirit are, are, are you clothing yourself in, in, in the armor of God do you have your helmet of salvation on your, your breastplate of righteousness your, your belt of truth are your feet shod with the proper preparation of the gospel do you got your shield of faith and your sword which is in the word of God if you just hook up to the Lord I, I declare that God will work some stuff out in your life and you'll say I know I didn't make that decision. God had to make that decision because his wisdom goes far beyond my wisdom. The Bible says. As far as the east is from the west is as far as my thoughts is from his thoughts. The Bible says that whenever we don't know which way to go and, and which way to turn, when we are lacking wisdom, he said, just pray to the Lord. Pray to the Father. And he says, the Lord gives wisdom freely. He won't even charge you for it, boo. Wasting your time calling psychics, calling folk, asking people for a word, running from one prophet to another prophet. Don't you know that if you just hook up to the source, he'll tell you where he wants you? Dialing late at night, watching BET, calling Prophet Bobo, talking about he can give me a word. No, God can give you a word if you abide in him and he abides in you. The world wants us to believe. And chance, the world wants us to believe in luck. The, the world wants us to believe in, in fortune, but, but fortune, chance, luck, it's an anti-God idea. There is absolutely no such thing 
as random occurrence. There is absolutely no such thing as luck. There is absolutely no such thing as, as happenstance. The Bible teaches us that everything that happens, it happens under the divine providence and will of God. I don't care how random it seems. I don't care how random it looks. You've got to know that there is a divine orchestrator behind everything that happens in your life. Please put the rabbit feet away and let him walk. This is my lucky shirt. I don't, I've never washed it because every time I've worn this undershirt, I've had a good game. Well, that shirt may be lucky for you, but it's unlucky for the people that's playing against you. The babe, maybe the reason why you're doing so well is because of the odor that's coming from you. There is no such thing as luck. Christians walking around, I'm so lucky. No, baby, you so blessed. <laughs> you came out of that thing not because of luck. Not because of chance, but because you serve an awesome God. You don't hear me? I'm, I'm so lucky that cancer left. No, baby, you blessed. God's the one that touched your body. God's the one that healed your body. God's the one that said, be thou whole. I'm so lucky to be with him, my husband. I'm so lucky that we met each other at the mall. No, baby, that was a divine thing. That was something that God had worked out for you before you was even born. He, he had the man of God for you way back then. Stop giving the credit to something that is not real and go ahead and lose your mind and give God the credit. David said in 1 Chronicles chapter 29, 1 through 10, he says, Yours, O Lord, is the greatness and the power and the glory and the victory and the majesty for all that is in the heavens and in the earth is yours. God owns everything. I don't care what you look at. God is the one who owns it. It may say made in China, but God is the one who ultimately orchestrated it because he's the one that gave the manufacturer the wisdom to put a chair together. He's the one that gave Nike the, the mindset to put a shoe together. Don't you know we can't do nothing? Nothing, not a zip, zero, without God. This is God's kingdom. Yours is the kingdom, oh Lord. For you are exalted and the head above all. I tell people, man, stop, stop losing your mind during election time. I don't know what I'm going to do if he's not elected. What are we going to do if he becomes president? What, what are we going to do if he becomes mayor? The Bible says that God is the one who lifts up one king and who pulls down another in order that his divine will would be done. So what God allows somebody to become elected that's a crook? Don't you know that God can get your attention during, during times when crooks are in office and let you know, no, he really don't care about the poor folk, but God cares about the poor folk. And instead of putting your faith in some politician, you need to put your faith in God and put your money in the church in order that God can go and help the poor folk. In Isaiah chapter 65, verse 11 through 12, we see exactly 
what God thinks about luck. I want you to listen to this. He says, talking to Israel, because they have turned their back on God. They want a word. They're, they're seeking a word. They, they want to know which way to go. And instead of putting their faith and their hope in Christ, they, they begin to put their faith and their hope in idols. And the Bible says that God says, but you who forsake the Lord, who forget my holy mountain, who set a table for fortune and fill cups of mixed wine for destiny. So we see that these people are going before these false gods and they're giving these gods drinks. They're giving these gods gold and they're, they're giving it to them. They're putting them at the feet of these gods because they are hoping that these gods will give them good luck. And these are God's children under the law, the same children who, who God told them that if you obey my commandments, I will bless you. And if you don't, I will curse you. Instead of looking at their situation and looking at where they are and, and, and making sense of where they are and saying, well, God is not blessing, keeping, and, and protecting us because we are not their ch his children. They say, let us go to the fortune tellers. Let us go to these false gods and let us give them money in order that we can get good luck back. Don't that sound like something that, that, that we are, are, are experiencing today when we go to the lottery instead of saying, God, I know that you can do a lot with this $5, but, but I'm going to go and play this lottery, which comes from the word lot, which comes from casting lots. I'm going to go and play this because I, I just believe that you can change my fortune. We're going before a false God, a false item and idol, and we're putting our hope in something that does not exist. And that's chance, that's luck. I say, yeah, you may get that money, but I'm not going to bless it. I'm not going to bless you with that. It's going to come some issues. It's going to come some, some family fights. There's going to come some separation. There's going to come some arrogance and some, some pride. There's going to become a, a, a addiction rather than doing it the right way and knowing that if you give, I will bless you. And the Bible says that Israel, his children, putting their money before destiny and fortune. And then in verse 12, listen to what God says he will do to them. He says, I will destine you to the sword. And all of you shall bow down to slaughter because when I called you, you did not answer. When I spoke, you did not listen, but you did what was evil in my eyes and chose what I did not delight in. God does not delight in us putting our hope in chance, luck, or fortune. But he, he wants us to understand that he is in complete control. Good and bad. God uses our bad circumstances. He uses death. He uses poverty. He uses weakness. He uses loss of job. He uses broken relationships in order to sanctify us, to, to make us to look more like his son. Don't you know what the Bible says? 
It says all things work together for the good of those who love the Lord and who are called according to his purpose. So I know you was hurt a long time ago and you, you're mad at God. You're saying that this never should have happened to me. But baby, I want you to know that if you're in the house of God today and if you are a believer of his, that he used that circumstance. He used that situation to break you and to make you to come to him just like he did with a man named Joseph who had some haters that was his brothers. And the Bible says that Joseph was favored among all his brothers, but his brothers didn't like him, so they basically threw him in a pit where he was sold to slavery. And Joseph had some 20 years of bad luck, it appears. But, but after Joseph comes out of all of it, and after he sets his mind on God, Joseph says, you know what? What you meant for evil, what you thought was going to kill me, what you thought was going to break me, what you thought was going to take me out, what you thought was going to make me lose my mind. God said that he was turning that thing for the good. And don't you know that's what God is doing in your life? The thing that you think is supposed to destroy you, God is using it to make you better. He's using it to make you stronger. He's using it to make you pure. He's using it to make you holy. He's using it to make you a witness. He's using it to make you a worshiper. He's using it to make you worry-free. Saying, baby, I got you. I know the bills are on the table, but you've got to trust me. Just like I, I feed the sparrows in the sky, I will feed you. Don't you know I will supply all of your needs according to my riches and glory? Newsflash, I'm not broke. Newsflash, I'm not in need. Newsflash, I am the storehouse, and the storehouse won't ever go broke. I don't need anything, but I give because I love you. I wish I had a witness up in here. Somebody that knows that God can turn the things that's bad into the things that's good. That he can sanctify you just like gold. When you find gold, you find it in a rock and it's covered by sloth and droth. But, but the person who finds it, if he takes it through the fire... It becomes purified. I dare you women to just stop and look at your ring. I don't care how big or how small it is. And, and just know that that diamond wasn't always shining. That, that diamond wasn't always shaped the way it is. That, that diamond hasn't always been that pretty. I don't care. It's because God allowed somebody to take you through the fire. Just like he allowing somebody to take you through the fire. Your neighbor is taking you through the fire. You ought to go to work next, next, the next day and tell people thank you. I know you talk about me. Thank you. I know you don't like me, boo. Thank you. I know you want my job. Thank you. Because I understand that there is nothing that can happen to me unless God allows it to happen. And if he allowed it to happen, it's because he's got a purpose and a plan. And we even see this at the foot of the cross. The Bible says that the devil thought that he had the victory when he tricked and he deceived Eve to sin. And the Bible says that all human race was affected by the fall of Adam and Eve. And Satan walked away thinking that he had the victory. But God looked at that serpent and said, cursed are you because from the seed of a woman there will be born a man and he will bruise your head 
and only bruise your heel. And for 2,000 years, Satan thought he was getting away with something. But one day, a woman gave birth to a baby named Jesus, a child named Emmanuel, which means Savior. He shall save us from our sins. What Satan meant for evil, God ordained for the good. And Jesus walked around for 33 years wrecking havoc in Satan's kingdom. Jesus walked around healing folk, delivering folk, saving folk, giving folk hope. And Satan was confused. So he conjured up another plan. He said, what I've got to do is I've got to kill him. And he got all the religious leaders against my savior. But don't you know you can't stop Jesus? I don't care what you try to do. Take prayer out of school. You can't stop my Jesus. Take the Ten Commandments out of the court. You can't stop my Jesus. Hate on your pastor. You can't stop my Jesus. Hate on the church. You can't stop my Jesus. What? You can't stop them. But then we read something that's peculiar. At the foot of the cross, the Bible says, there were some soldiers around the cross and, and they had given Jesus some garments to tease him. They gave him a robe that was purple. They, they put a crown on his head and, and just before he went up on the cross, uh, the Bible says that the soldiers, that they stripped him of his garments and, and they gathered around his garments and, and they took some sheep knuckles and, and they cast the lots to see who could take his clothes and the Bible says that, that as he was suffering on the cross, I, I just imagine that Jesus was looking at the soldiers and said, you know what? You can have those clothes because those aren't my clothes anyhow. You can have that garment because I've got a better garment. You can have those sandals because I've got some better shoes. And Revelation chapter 19, the Bible says that Jesus will come back. And guess what? He'll be wearing his own clothes. The Bible says that he'll have a crown on his head. You don't hear me. A crown on his head. The Bible says that his eyes will burn like fire. The Bible says that he'll be clothed in white arraignment. And the Bible says that he'll have written on his thigh, King of kings and Lord of lords. He is the great I am. He is the great warrior prince. He is the judge of all judges. He is my lawyer in the courtroom. He is my doctor. He is my jury. He is my friend, the bomb and Gilead. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, do you know him? I'm talking about Jesus. Do you know the one who shaped and fashioned the world? Do you know the one who's got power? Power, yes he does. Power, power, yes he does. Healing power, deliverance power, Holy Ghost power.